You're listening to My Holistic Life, the happiness over everything podcast with your hosts, Den Shay Lee and Natasha McCray. Join the holistic nation and learn the secrets that will take you from fear of judgment and living down to other people's expectations to being free to live life on your own damn terms. By listening to this podcast, you can expect to experience radical self-love, orgasms for lunch, spontaneous trips and vacay, first-class everything, and upgrade your career, friends, and love. Increase self-confidence, elevated mood, and overflowing opportunities. Your friends will praise you. You will be blessed. And your hosts, Natasha McRae is a life coach and filmmaker. Pleasure is her mission. She believes every food experience should be a party in your mouth and that life should feel good. Natasha loves Korean dramas and kayaking. Den Shay Lee is a product development guru and self-care advocate. She loves to travel internationally and never turns down an invitation to enjoy nature. Den Shay believes life should be full of fun and orgasms. My Holistic Life can be found on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms where quality podcasts are found. Now get ready. It's time to put happiness over everything. Hey, 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 we are back. We're so excited that you guys decided to join us. We have something really special for you. Someone, some amazing one that we have come across and we absolutely love the message. I'm learning from reading her book. I will tell you that much. Even I call myself, you know, I have a self-care workshop, but I am always learning. I am a work in progress and I'm always learning. So we would love for you to sit back, relax and enjoy as we bring Miss Debrina on to the show. Yes. Ah, I love <laughs> sang me in. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha with her singing. <laughs> Every day. I'll just go around singing you in. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here because we're huge fans of Tony Jones. And when she was promoting her most recent album is how I caught you doing an interview with her on live. And I fell in love with you and your energy and everything about you. So I'm so happy that you could join us today. Thank you. And she has three big fans on this podcast. Okay. Oh. I met Tony and fell in love with her. And I'm so grateful one of the women in her VIP course met me, brought the book and said, do you know we're reading it in her VIP group and made the connection? And if that connection hadn't been made, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. So yeah, yeah. I love that. So we've been going through the holistic will. I mean, we have a will of life. I'm sure you're familiar with it because you're a coach. And so we're looking at all of the areas of life. And this area of life relationships is mm -hmm. a, you know, it's a big deal when it comes to how it plays into your world and affects you. And so as we went through our, you know, where we stood on the scale last episode, we wanted to also bring someone in where we can improve the area, you know, that area of life on our scale. So we wanted to talk to you about relationships, knowing you do a plethora of other things. Yeah. <laughs> and you usher women into their best selves. But we would love to know where you are when you speak to people about 
getting their lives right, finding joy in their lives. What role do relationships play in that for you in your mind? Well, I think the way the creator made us is to desire to be and need to be in relationship. And when you look mm-hmm. at our lives, they're just different combinations of relationships, right? Family, friends, yeah. associates, business, career, clients, customers, patients. And so I think we're wired, designed, and blueprinted for that. And my orientation is heterosexual. So I think because of the natural polarity of feminine and masculine energy that we also have a desire to be in love relationships, not just friendships, but with men. So we find ourselves living in the country that has the worst outcomes, however, when it comes to love relationships and especially what I call covenant marriage. So we've had some whack programming, but the wiring and the desire and the blueprinting still remain. So mm-hmm. yes, and as women, you know, I was talking to one of my students from Juicy Woman University, who's a very beautiful, bold, smart, creative, luscious woman. And she took me out and so amazing. She's a wardrobist and she took me to pick out a African fabric, but contemporary outfit just because I'm like, oh my God, a designer piece. And I got in the car and she was talking to her, her new boo. And she says, Sabrina, oh, we're in relationship now. That's my boyfriend. I'm his girlfriend. And she goes, I love him so much. I said, let me tell you something, sister. Don't let any woman tell me that to have her career going on, have her body going on, have her finances right, and not have a juicy, my preference, black man that you <laughs> are loving and he's loving on you is not a plus and an enhancement. Who's like, no, forget the man, but I'll take the rest. We really do want it we do. all. We can have it all. I think something that you said that really rang true with me and in some of my friendship circles is like, as we go through some of the healing process, We learn to accept that it's okay to profess that we want that relationship and we want that love. Like you just said, it was natural. It's embedded in us. And there's so many of us that shy away from it because it maybe could be perceived as a sign of weakness or, you know. Well, that's a new phenomenon. Let me tell you, that's a new phenomenon. I'm Generation X. That's a new millennial phenomenon, okay? Where there's some kind of weakness in being in a juicy love relationship. That's a new phenomenon. I don't espouse or, you know, that is not my whatsoever. I don't know how things evolved to that. But in my experience, it's a sign of maturity. Mm. It's a sign of being your woman versus your girl. It's a sign of doing some spiritual work because a love relationship is first and foremost a spiritual connection because love Mm. is a spiritual quality. So to me, it's a sign of maturity versus weakness. I don't know how it got twisted to somehow be conceived or misconstrued as a weakness. If we were not doing this virtually, I would throw my shoe. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. Preach to the soul of these millennials over here. And you're preaching. I'm like, preach, preacher, preach, preacher. You're bringing it. I found that, you know, even working with alpha females, that is like this thing that's owned. And I and I love that there's this reconnection to the truth of that matter. You know, being able to talk about what you want, being able to understand the need for each other. And so we're so glad that you're able to speak to that for us because One of the things that I love when reading about you and looking at your stuff is that love is coming from that perspective of also 
taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and it being gravy. That's like my interpretation of a love relationship with another is the gravy. Well, yeah, yeah. Like you, because oh, yeah, yeah. diving into the self-care aspect, which we have your book, Sacred Pampering Principles, which we highly mm-hmm. recommend folks get it. But before I go into <laughs> the Sacred Pampering Principles, let's talk Hang about- on, I got to clarify something real quick. So I want to be clear that when I say the word need, I do not mean like deficient, need to be completed by. I mean, as far as our natural desire, that's in our blueprint. Okay. Because yes. I don't want people- Coming back, y'all, uh, we don't need a man. No. Thank you. We need self-standing autonomous human beings. Men don't need us. We don't need them in mm-hmm. that respect. So in I that just, pers- yeah. Well, thank no, you. Yes. No, correct. They do need us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that clarification because we don't we don't want no hate mail. We don't want no, no hate <laughs> messages because, you know, all of us ladies on here understand it from that perspective. And that's where we're speaking from. So thank you for yeah. clarifying that because somebody's listening and that hit a chord on them. Keep it in context. Yeah, you had that <laughs> spiritual download. Thank you for that. But before I go to Sacred Pampering Principles, you mentioned Juicy University. Yes. Tell us about Juicy University. Ooh. Just sounds good to me. Juicy Woman Juicy University. Juicy Woman yeah. University. Oh, yes. Well, there's two really key words. No, all three words are key because university is spelled universe hyphen I-T-Y. I-T-Y. But it's Juicy Woman University, not Juicy Girl University. Come on. And there's a distinction in my teachings about being in your girl versus being in your woman. So I use it not as a noun, but as a state of being. Mm -hmm. And then this word juicy. And I have been, you know, gone to women's circles, women's groups, women's events, networking events, and put that word out there. Like, what do you do, Debrina? Oh, I teach women how to be juicy. And the whole room goes, oh, (laughs) something inherent about that word that we get viscerally and it's positive. And yep. it's mm-hmm. desirable and it's delightful and it's positive. And yeah. so we can contrast juicy with dry because mm. left to the devices of this Western American culture in which we find ourselves, this foreign culture, in my opinion, if you are particularly a melanated person, it will dry you up and dry you out and deplete you if you are not careful and mindful. And so There's all these certain characteristics of a juicy woman, and she's also operating, most importantly, from a completely different paradigm than the one we were given and the one we inherited and the one we're shown. And so that's why it's 12 months, and women sign up and go, 12 months, and then half the women re-sign up again for a second (laughs) year. That's unheard of. That's unheard of because it's not just seven ways, eight strategies, nine steps. We're talking about a whole different altitude and consciousness from which to live. And we are so used to the quick insto, give me the formula that takes women a year to finally get, oh my gosh, I now understand what Debrina is really saying here. Mm -hmm. And let me now do it again now that I really get what a new paradigm requires of me. So we're going into our fifth year. Congratulations. Yes, that's beautiful. out again and it sold out in only three weeks instead of the nine that we had planned for the promotion of marketing. So nice. um, it's very, very, very exciting. Oh, that's wonderful. I love to hear that. Some a way to, you know, operate your life through a different lens and a different filter mm-hmm. than what you've already been doing. And we're here for that. We are here for yes. that. <laughs> okay. So sacred pampering principles. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us about that, how that book 
in addition to, or I guess how that book affects the relationships that you're going to have. And by the way, happy um, anniversary. We had seen that you had been married 29 years. I, wow. <laughs> we don't get into how. <laughs> yeah, we don't get into the how. We're like, I'm trying to keep my new thing. <laughs> that's why we got her on here, y'all. Okay, that's not my life. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my goodness. Not, my life. not quite half my life. But I also want to just rewind real quick. So you said yeah. a different filter and lens, but you can have a different lens at the same altitude and oh, in the well, same yeah. model. Yeah. We're talking mm-hmm. about a new paradigm, which isn't only a filter. It's going to a different, it's changing your consciousness. When your consciousness changes, the lens automatically changes. Yes, preach on. So lens and consciousness aren't quite the same because you get the same level and change your lens while changing your mm. consciousness requires you to elevate to a changing higher level. Your there consciousness. Yeah. Changing your consciousness. Oh so, my yes. yes. Change that consciousness, y'all. Yeah. Okay. So now back to the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, question. bring it. We'll sit here. We have no we have no questions. You <laughs> <laughs> School us, teacher. Yeah, just just go on and teach. I have no more questions, teacher. So much confusion right now. There's so much confusion. It is staggering and yeah. it is shocking. Yeah. And one of my commitments is to bring clarity. Yes. And the way that that gets communicated in a situation like this is verbally. And mm-hmm. so I just like to create distinctions so people are clear about what I mean, what I don't mean, or don't think I'm talking about something else when I'm not, you know? So thank you for allowing me to just provide clarifications where necessary. All the time, darling. (laughs) All the time. That is what we're here for. So as women listen to this episode and they're thinking about their relationships and they've determined where they are on this scale, And they look at, hey, you know, either I want to be in a relationship or improve a relationship. Would you say that sacred pampering principles is a tool for that? Well, it's the guidebook. Okay. And it offers tools inside, but I think it's essential for the journey myself. Mm -hmm. As it tells us in scripture, uh, the second most important commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And we misconstrue and misstate that and say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's not what scripture says. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. That takes the ante up to a completely exponentially different level. That means that as I'm on this broadcast, looking at you two, that how I engage with you, how I relate to you, what I say to you is if that were me on the receiving end of this as myself. And what I'm able to extend to you is directly correlate to my experience over here in and with myself. So when we talk about sacred self-care, not just self-care, there's a distinction in in my books about sacred self-care, then the basis of every human relationship that you have is the self, because the as yourself is the second most powerful commandment. So everything is a reflection of and a function of your self-perception, your self-concept, and the level of your self-love. So there's levels. We got seven different levels of self-love in Juicy Woman University. It's not just this monolithic, I love myself or I don't. Seven different levels and gradations. And so whatever level of self-love you're at, life, people, relationships, money, it's Mm -hmm. all a reflection of 
the mm. self. Yeah. So, it's so would you say that when you see a woman who we will describe as like having it all, she just has mastered self-love? Would that equate to the same thing? Well, I would have to look not just at her public facing self. I'd need to see yeah. behind the curtain of her life because mm -hmm. a lot of us have a disconnect between the public and the private and the forward facing image mm -hmm. that we're able to control versus in the private and personal life. So I'd have to see the whole 360. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there is not alignment, but let's say there is alignment and I do have it all. So I can look at my own life and tell you what's going on. And I don't call myself having mastered self-love mm -hmm. because if I mastered it, then I would be able to instantly heal people as Jesus the Christ did. I would be able to yeah. speak to the weather patterns and they respond to me. I would be able to walk through walls and shape shift. I would, you know, yeah. so not mastered self-love, yeah. but there are levels. So in the exercise that I created, I authored and I wrote what the characteristics are of every single level, the highest level in that scale is level seven. Level seven has 35 characteristics. So there's no confusion, not like six or seven, 35. And I created the scale so that I didn't put myself at the top of the scale, though I could, and most people would, right? Oh, I'm designing it. I'm a five and it's five out of <laughs> No. Get like me. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's always higher levels of and consciousness that it seems as we can get to until mm -hmm. the living master template in the form of Jesus the Christ, until we all get there, we still yeah. got a gap between where we're and what's possible for the human being. So it's not mastery, but it is mm -hmm. continually evolving to higher and higher levels of self-love. And life responds mm -hmm. commensurately with whatever level you're at. So I love the way that you break that down. Me too. Yeah. But you can have it all and be stressed the hell out. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. I know. <laughs> have, your, have your adrenals blown, depleted. You know, yeah. like that. But I'm talking about holistic success. I'm talking yeah. about living from a sacred self-care and consciousness where I'm in flow mm -hmm. and I'm in ease. I'm managing my energy wisely. I'm doing my healing and forgiveness work. Mm -hmm. That to me is having it all. Peace. Ease, yeah, peace and whatever peace. other external achievements I've decided represent aspects of success. And so someone was telling me about Elon Musk, who's a billionaire, Tesla founder, and mm -hmm. how he works 80 hours a week. So a slave to his company. I'm freer than him. I start my yeah. work day at 11 in the morning and I don't work Fridays. I did something I never, I've never done before. And I did it very consciously today. And it was a combination of both of you, right? Just a little bit about our background of how I know Natasha. I entered into her uh, VIP coaching program years ago, and that's how we got connected. And then, of course, I've been preparing for this day. So I've been reading your book and watching some of your content so I can like fully dive into getting to know who you are before I get to talk to you, right? I wanted to feel like, What's my auntie? I know her. <laughs> <laughs> and so today, one of the things that I did is I know I have a very like high stress work environment. And like one of the things was like, okay, you know, take a break, go ahead and make sure you you prepare a meal for yourself and you're going to eat something. But today was different. I was like, that's cool and all. But today I'm going to go for a full blown jog. Like 
I am going to listen to some music that lifts me up. I'm going to move my body. And I just felt so, so great. Like the rest of my meetings, I'm like glowing and like, <laughs> it I was very, that. it was very like, how can I take that care for myself, that break to the next level of what's going to give me some joy and excitement to like mm -hmm. really lift my energy. So yeah. thank you for being you ladies. Thank you it. so much. <laughs> and it's about connecting to our joy, not getting it or finding it. It's connecting. Yeah, it's con yeah. Right. It's like reconnecting. One of the things that both of you do, Natasha's done it in her coaching program, and I noticed it in the book and I wrote them down, was writing the list of things that bring me joy, that I find joy in. And that's kind of where that came from. I was like, I'm going to take something off that list. Yeah. <laughs> As I was reading the book, I had so many things that came up for me, too. And one of the things was uh, the sacred pampering principle number six, which is the freeing yourself of dis-ease and how you connected what ailment with what might be going on. <laughs> I absolutely loved reading that and actually thinking about it, like doing a body scan and thinking about where am I in this moment? What am I feeling? And that goes a long way. It's a matter of self-awareness where you are identifying those areas that you can leave into, lean into because that's an intelligence that we're born with. And yeah. if we can, like you said, reconnect to that, get to that, that's yeah. already, because we're not missing anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so drawn to, you know, your, your methods and because it, it's depth, it's in depth. Yeah, it's, it's very in depth. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I know people, need to hear this. Well, I love, well, you know, you, you got to remember, because I sometimes forget that I wrote Sacred Pampering Principles in 1995 and six, and it came out in 97. So Ahead I of your time. 30 years old or something. I'm like, what the? <laughs> and at that time, talking about the mind-body connection, talking about mm -hmm. essential oils, that was brand new for Black women because mm -hmm. some of us were immersed in a church culture. Right. And that's why we went so crazy when Essence started to gain momentum. And Susan L. Taylor had that column called In the Spirit, because it didn't say in the religion. It didn't say in the church. We're like, wait, what? Yes. And so in 1997, that mind-body relationship was like a brand new thing, new in America, mm -hmm. old in other countries of color. And in addition to what you said, it's also about talking to our body and asking questions. Mm -hmm. That really is something we haven't been taught to do. We're talking to pop the pill versus, okay, okay, headache. What, what's, what's this about? What's going yeah. on? What do you mm -hmm. trying to tell me Pain is communication. Dis-ease is communication. What are you trying to tell me? And that's a whole nother level. Just your body has intelligence built into it. Your elbow's hurting. Elbow, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Your skin's breaking out. Okay, skin, largest organ. What you trying to say? What you trying to tell me? So also communicating with our body temples. Yeah, I did see that in there, the chakras. This book is deep. I know this book is deep. We was coming in, you know, we wasn't giving you surface relationship conversation, but we want to, we do want to know. We want to know about these 29 years. <laughs> these 29 years. We want to know about the 29 <laughs> years and well, first the of all, 15. I want to know a little bit about the, the, you know, this little dance. What kind of dance y'all was doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> you met, you met. At a party or an event, and you first like saw this delicious, yes, being yes, bring it. We want to hear dance. this, so I want to hear all the juiciness. Let me take you there. Take us there because it was really 
fate, I think, because once we got married and we talked, because my husband grew up here in Seattle. I moved here in 1990. I did not grow up in Seattle, but I grew up an hour away in Olympia, Washington, more specifically Lacey, which is the area where our capital of the state is. So me and my girls would come up I-5, the highway, to Seattle to hang out, but I didn't live here. And first of all, we were in many places at the same times mm. on the same nights because there was only five or six, you know, teeny bopper clubs, you know, under 21. And, you know, all the black folks went to that place or this place or this place, depending on the night of the week. You know how that goes, right? Mm. And so we were at those same places at the same time. And I even used to date one of my husband's best friends. So the <laughs> night I met him, my husband was my, my future husband was probably at the same place. And however, <laughs> his friend was positioned by the women's bathroom, right? Smart move. Yeah. And my husband was probably standing over somewhere sipping on a Coke or something. So he missed out. So, so <laughs> anyway, so anyway, that was just wild to hear. Like what you used to go there? What nights and when and in it? How old were you? And like, what? But that night, that birthday party, it was kind of a wild frisky birthday party. I wasn't supposed to be there because my girlfriend had asked me three weeks ahead of time. I guess this person has this annual big birthday party. And she asked me a few weeks ahead of time. Yes, girl, that sounds live. Huh? Well, that week I was vice president of my family business. And that had been a very challenging week of sales. And I was looking so forward to coming home, getting on my robe, getting under my Afghan. And at that time, having some Briar's ice cream <laughs> and just like, whoosh. so she calls me and says, girl, you getting ready? I said, getting ready for what? She goes, oh, the party's tonight. I said, oh, I am so sorry. I'm so girl. I forgot. And I ain't no good. I just need to stay right here. Homified. That was my word. I'm homified. Homified. I like that. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Oh, Debrina. Oh. I said, I am so sorry, girl. You know, I'm not the flaky kind. I said, but so she says, okay, hangs up the phone. Three minutes later, my phone rings again. And she's apparently three weighed on the party girl Aww. at her house party. <laughs> and all I hear in the background is Joe to see and people going, to, hey, I'm like, okay, um, where you want me to meet you? <laughs> and I got my butt off the couch and met her at the little corner store so I could follow her to the person's home. And it was at that house party. I walked in. You know how you walk in and kind of survey. Okay, okay, this can work. We can have much food. No, okay. And in the kitchen, as we walked by to the bedroom where we put all of our coats, right? Black folks always got the coat. Put it on the bed. Put right? it on the bed. <laughs> Surveying, and, and we're walking by the kitchen, and I see Joseph Gandy, and I'm like, oh my God, who is that tall drinker? Watch out. Oh my goodness. I'm checking that out. Well, little did I know my girlfriend also did the same thing. Same tall drink of water. So that's the whole story in of itself. And then my husband's best friend at the time looked at me and he looked at me. They both looked at me. And I mean, it was just crazy. So the whole time, this, it was this buying back and forth to see who was going to get the chick. And we know who won. Yep. So at any rate, my Chub Rock, Chub Rock had a laugh song back in 92 is when we met. Yeah. And that song came on. And you know how you just look around for someone to dance with because that's my jam. Mm -hmm. So he was about to sit down on a couch or something with some chicken wings, <laughs> settle in. And before he could bend his knee and put his, I said, would you like to dance? And he looked at the chicken wings and he looked at me and he looked at the chicken wings <laughs> and he chose me. But I was like, <laughs> my daughters, it was a close call. The chicken wings almost went out. You would be here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love sorry. that. Finally, we're in the same place because we are not only in the same place. That happened many times before, but finally, finally, the divine convergence happened June 26, 1992. And so I say all that to say, during our second dance, there was this weird, if you've ever seen movies that all of a sudden turn into slow motion yeah. and we start to move, that's what happened. While I was dancing with him, I'm like, what is going on? And I must've looked crazy because he said, are you okay? I said, no, I am not okay. Wow. Because was like gelatinous and it just slowed down. I thought, is that that feeling people talk about when they say, I just knew? <laughs> Mm. I don't know what really happened. This was real. I'm not making it up. And then it was popped mm. out of it. Didn't happen again. Hasn't happened since. Wow. And that moment is what I had to go back to when 10 years into our marriage, yeah. it was on the brink of divorce. Mm. Like that moment was not an ordinary moment. Something happened. We have a destiny together. Yeah. So we got to work this ish out. So that's why I share that little part because it was weird and crazy and like nothing like that ever happened to me, but it was a sign. And I had to believe that we had a destiny and that moment was the indicator. So I'm like, okay, okay God, work this out. The way you describe that moment and the fact that you held on to that, because you know, psychiatrists, you know, or therapists say that's the one thing you got to hold on to how you met. And they know they can kind of gauge when couples are not going to make it if they cannot rehash the times that they met like that's sometimes a sign so just the way you gave us in such detail and energy yeah. and the beauty of that i hope y'all heard that it was on that ride with her and i was hearing chub rock jumps up on the scene i was hearing that so what did you do in that time in the 10 years in when you were having that challenge? What would you say were some of the things that helped you through that in addition to remembering that moment that it was special? Well, the growing up that I had to do that I didn't think I needed because to be an adult female is different than being a woman. And I was an adult female in the relationship space and thought I was in my woman and come to find out because of God's divine curriculum, he put me through that I was operating in a very immature space, which was shocking. And my ego was completely upset to find mm -hmm. that out. Mm -hmm. And what brought us to that is we both were cheating on each other. Mm -hmm. Now, people have divorced off of one person cheating yeah. one time on the other. Well, we talking multiple people, both folks over mm -hmm. time. How do you recover from that? Yeah, and, right. and we certainly couldn't go to anybody else and ask because they'd only had maybe one affair or something and that broke it all up. So we're like, okay, we're talking multiple each. Whoa, how do we deal with that? Mm -hmm. And so I ceased my extracurricular activity. <laughs> okay. My husband had found out he did not. And so when I finally put myself on my prayer closet floor, I really was interested in God doing some work on him because mm -hmm. he now the problematic one. He's the one mm -hmm. not getting in line. I'm being obedient. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And God said, oh, huh, I have a process for you. I'm like, for me, wrong person. I'm good. And God said, ah, I have a process for you. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, tell me about this process. Uh, no. Otherwise, we would need faith now, would we, daughter? <laughs> <laughs> you had a real conversation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So after a lot of bucking up and tantrum, so to speak. I said, okay, what you got for me? 
And what ensued was basically what I call my personal Queen Esther purification journey, because that's exactly what was involved. And I was so focused and obsessed on my husband. You know, we both need to go to counseling. We both, we both, we both, you, you, you. And God's Holy Spirit said, daughter, this process is for you. Mm -hmm. And what you find in this book, The Love Lies, yes, straight out of the insight, the teachings, the wisdom, the questions that I had to encounter, address, and answer, and the exercises, the processes, the healing, the forgiveness work, the growing, all that falls under the growing up work that was part of my Queen Esther purification. Mm. And every time I start to say, what about him? What, what God would say, daughter, back here, back here. Yeah. And what happened is, is I did my personal transformation work. It wasn't just personal growth. It wasn't just reflection. It was personal transformation work from the caterpillar to the butterfly, different. Yeah. Creature. And I became a different creature. And as I did step by step and day by day and week by week, my husband's response to me changed. Mm-hmm. So my personal transformation was a catalyst for the transformation of our marriage. And it's not personal to Debrina. That's the design of being spiritually connected to another person, even if the relationship is a breakdown. Transformation of a relationship can happen with one person being the agent of transformation, which smacks in the face of what the Western American marriage counseling culture tells us. So that's how that happened. And the Holy Spirit said, if you follow this process, then your marriage will be not only saved, because that's a language we're used to saving our marriage, Eh, saved, please, restored, transformed, and better than ever. I said, "Uh uh-huh. And that's what happened. The promise was fulfilled. I'm so glad to hear this story. This story breeds hope. Mm -hmm. It breeds hope. And I love hearing how everything that you've gone through or at least I'm sure there's more in there, but you've created manuals for others to usher them into transformation as well. So I thank you for that. You know, yeah, thank you for that. I think this is, this is beautiful. Is there anything that you want to leave our most gracious audience queen with? (laughs) Auntie Debrina, what would you like to leave our audience with? (laughs) So there's two things. Joy and happiness, what's the difference? And then self-care and then sacred self-care, which is what I teach and I'm a proponent of. So happiness is an emotion. And we have many emotions. The human being can experience many, many emotions. And happiness tends to be a response to circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking to you, I am in happiness. I then go outside (laughs) and someone has sideswiped my car and put a huge scrape along all three panels of the car. And I mm-hmm. now make it to get it fixed without my car. And I can go from happy to frustrated. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the circumstance caused a change in my emotions. Joy, however, is not an emotion, even though we language about it as if it is. It is a state of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is built into our divine design. That's why there's so much in scripture about rejoice, return to joy. And in John 15, 11, it's the creator speaking to us, the created. Yeah. And the creator is saying that my joy may remain in you and that your joy 
be full. Mm-hmm. So it's the creator's joy, capital M, lowercase y. It's not our, it's the creator's essence built into our being yeah. that we get to connect to and it's designed mm-hmm. to be full in our spiritual tank. And so the question becomes what has suffocated, what has buried your joy? Mm-hmm. What has disconnected you from it? But it's nothing to find or get, it's to reconnect to. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's our natural state. Mm-hmm. So it's our nature to be in joy. So you can see how many of us are out of order yeah. because we're in frustration. We're in powerlessness. We're in anger. We're in resent. We're not in joy. So our first nature has become our 35th nature because so few people <laughs> are connected to their joy. Secondly is self-care versus sacred self-care. And I was thinking of how I would communicate that distinction. And right now, the self-care in the mainstream culture and in the social media culture is what I would call self-care 1.0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about that 25 years ago. So what it is about now is the sacred self-caring consciousness, which means your belief systems have gotten overhauled not just your behavior and out of your beliefs being overhauled, which automatically changes your consciousness. then there's just a way you move, be, choose, interact, engage in the world. And if you're observing, you would call that sacred self-caring behavior. So we reduced self-care to things you do to be good to yourself. Mm -hmm. And we've got grooming as well, which is maintenance of the body. And that's what the predominant communication is about right now instead of it being about self-care 2.0 the sacred self-care and consciousness and Mm -hmm. i see a lot of because of our imbalance around sacred self-care right negative self-sacrifice martyrdom Mm -hmm. overdoing validated through our doing and doing for i've seen that the version of self-care that we're now talking about is a reaction to that imbalance on the opportunity it's like a trying to get out of the burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what it does is it swings us to the opposite side where it's me first, me first. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. Yep. Yeah. Which is now sucking in all of the energy mm-hmm. and being self-obsessed and self-centered. Mm-hmm. That's like a fire. Yeah. Fire in the house sucking the oxygen out. Yeah. And it burns everything up. Sure. Yeah. So, so that's still an imbalance to me as the one who brought the language of sacred self-care and self-care into the vernacular yeah. for black women in 1997. So I'm one of the people that has a little bit of authority to say it's devolved to something that is not very pretty. So any rate, that's a distinction I want to create. And yeah. so one of the, not one of, one of the foundations of Juicy Women University is, okay, well, Sacred self-care and conscious. Well, what are the beliefs that make up operating from that level since it's above the level 99% of us are operating at? Okay, great. Well, first you got to understand what you're operating from. Yeah. Yeah. You call it boo-boo, ripping and running, efforting, busyness, overwhelm, and overdoing. That's the belief system we're operating from. That's the behavior of it. Okay, well, now what's the new beliefs? How do we clean out the old ones? How do we install the new ones? How do we align our beliefs with our thoughts? So that's why it's a 12 month journey. So yeah. this is the era. 2022 is the era of the sacred self-caring consciousness, not just the activities of self-care. 
This is so good. Bring you guys it. are going to have to play this like <laughs> back to back and yeah. get your notebooks out. This has been amazing. We say listen to it once and then listen to it again with with a journal. <laughs> exactly. Glad <laughs> to come back. Yes, we will oh, have definitely. to do something. Maybe we can do a live on IG. We would we'd so just Don't play now. Thank I love you. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Karina. I'm honored that you allowed us to sit at your feet. And the fact that I'm, you know, really, I thought I knew who you were, but now I really have more of an idea of who you are. Yes. <laughs> so Auntie thank you. D. Auntie D. Yes, it is. It is very much a good thing. It's very much a good thing. So y'all. And I have not told anybody else they can call me Auntie D, by the way. Okay, Auntie D. <laughs> Yes, I might be really us. close to you in age, so I don't know, but I'll still call you Auntie D. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, Auntie D, you two years younger than me. What you talking about, Auntie D? <laughs> I'm just like, okay, yes, wait. Auntie D. Yes. I can tell my age. I know you're, you're much younger. I think. If anything, it's no more than 10. I'm probably exactly eight, ten. I don't mind my well, age. I can, I can say know. my age. I said it in one of the episodes. Yeah, this we've always my, been my year forty. This is my year forty that I'm entering, and I'm forty-eight, going to be forty-nine in June. Oh, okay, and I'm fifty-five. Yes. So yes. I was like, I know you still got the wisdom on me. You still got the wisdom on me. I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> we know you have something coming up. We would love for you to tell everyone how they can jump on this and they must act now. Yes, like in 24 hours. Like so, when you finish taking your notes in this, go on and go handle it. <laughs> yes, so a couple things. One, if folks want to get in on my Love Academy 101, uh, which I've been doing virtual since the pandemic instead of in person, on February 12th, Saturday, February 12th, and Saturday, February 19th, it's a two-part experience, 9 to 12 Pacific, which is noon to 3 Eastern. They have a chance to get in, but it's got to be in the next 24 hours. So one, they need to send me an email because of the short turnaround, debrina at milliondollarmentor.net. Debrina, D-E-B-R-E-N-A, at milliondollarmentor.net. Now, the other thing, if we had more lead time before we end registration, I would say go to my private Facebook page, which is kind of like the initial entering into Debrina's world, ground level, the sacred society with Debrina Jackson Gandhi. So send me the email and then go to the sacred society on Facebook so you can be in that mix. And if you enjoyed this broadcast and what we talked about, there's more of that kind of um, um, good content. <laughs> and if you too want to participate, uh, we have 50 free tickets we're giving away. Everyone else has to register. But I would be delighted and honored to extend two of those free tickets to the two of you. Auntie okay. D. <laughs> oh, gifts already. I love gifts. On gifts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you. Love you, Auntie. <laughs> I'll be there for sure. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll Yay. be there. <laughs> so thank, thank you for letting me share about that. Of course. Uh, coming up quick, but they can get it under the wire. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We love you. And we will definitely be in touch, my darling. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This week's holisticism is...
I flow in awareness that every relationship I engage in is a reflection of my relationship with self. Yes, honey. Mm, Come through. That's a grown woman. That is some grown woman. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love that. I think that's a, a great way to affirm yourself, your relationships. And it leads us to the audience question as well, because perhaps you're not there, but we want you to get there. So the audience question is, what is one sacred pampering principle you can adopt to help your relationships thrive? Yes. All right, y'all come through because this was a serious one. So you got to show up for Auntie D on this. Go on and head over to our Instagram. And uh, amen. 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 And for those of you who have not got your whole fabulous will of life, be sure to head on over to our website and grab that. We will talk to y'all soon. Have an amazing week. Bye. Bye. Hey, boo. Hey, Natasha McRae here. I want to personally invite you to join the whole nation where the conversation continues. Go to myholisticlife.com where you can take the How Ho Fabulous Are You quiz, share your thoughts and ask questions and join in on the fun with our polls and challenges. Be a part of a community ready to enjoy a life of happiness, satisfaction and serenity. Join us at myholisticlife.com.